Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is the first episode of the new year. And if you're wondering what the heck happened, well, geez, I got COVID. I'm actually uh, coming out of it right now. That's been part of the holdup here as well as, man, it's just been busy, 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 busy. I'm sure the same is true for you. So I'm really excited to get into the episode today because if you remember a few times last year, I brought you in kind of as a fly on the wall into a mastermind session that we run with a company called The Best Postcards. And so if you're looking to understand how a print company, a modern print company is engaging its customers, this is a company that services HVAC, home services, home improvement, that kind of organization. You might remember them from other episodes on the podcast, but they service those companies with an innovative direct mail offering. And so this is a monthly gathering of that group where we understand what the business dynamics are that are facing those companies, supply chain, pre-season issues, pre-pre-season issues, shoulder season, all of these things that you need to take into consideration. If those words are foreign to you and you're thinking, hey, I wanna break into these verticals and it might be a good chance for you to learn something from these experts here. Or if you're in one of those trade industries, HVAC, electrical, plumbing, home improvement, home services, those types of things, then what you're gonna hear are some really interesting insights from a number of experts, including Tom Casey from Griffin Service, Lou Habaika of Habaika Services, and Josh Kelly, who's in the mastermind for the first time. He's a CEO of Clover Marketing, really, really interesting organization. So you're gonna hear about all of these folks, as well as Andrew Edinger, the CEO of The Best Postcards, and you're gonna hear from the live studio audience. So without further ado, let's jump into the meeting, and I hope you enjoy it and get value out of this exclusive meeting. Here we go. I'm gonna get started here officially. I am Dave Rosendahl. We partner closely with the best postcards and Drew and his team in many, many areas. And I'm excited to be here uh, with you today. If I cough or uh, sneeze or make any weird sounds, it's because I'm on day three of fighting the uh, coronavirus here. So forgive me, all things considered, it's going pretty well, but I, I do have a couple of symptoms here that you might hear from time to time. So forgive me for that. Uh, this is a session that we gather on a regular basis. And the reason for this for this gathering is that not only do we want to help you drive more results from the marketing that we're doing for you, not only do we want to help you learn new things from your peers, but really for Drew and his team at The Best Postcards, this is about building an ecosystem, a support system, a network of friends and colleagues who can come together uh, to help drive this industry forward, help drive our businesses forward. So this is a really unique angle uh, to what Drew and the team are bringing, and it's my job, my hope, to be able to foster that kind of conversation and that kind of community here within the mastermind discussions. And uh, the goal is to help everybody learn together as we go through this process today. All right, so folks, I don't think uh, we need to introduce Drew, but I am going to do that here in just a moment. We're gonna introduce to you the panel, starting with Andrew Edinger, our CEO. I don't think he needs an introduction, but Drew, how are you doing, man? Say hello to everybody. Hey guys, I appreciate you all coming aboard. I too have been dealing with COVID and kind of like the after effects of it, the fatigue that's kind of like set in. So if I haven't been as active with a lot of people in the last couple of weeks, you know, I apologize, but you know, I'm hoping that this is the last week and I'll be back in my game. I appreciate some of the, all the new people that are come in some, you know, all, obviously the mainstays and you know because i think i'll be more active towards the beginning of this and towards the end you know there was and i know ash just, just please. i know i'm going to be ash is going to be going over the artwork but you know there there's there's something that you know 
I guess I'm looking to teach everyone or or impart some sort of uh, wisdom with everybody. And I find myself lately finding that I'm learning a lot from you guys than just getting on. And my attitude in general has changed where I, I would normally come and speak to everybody. And this call would be about attribution and matchback reports and all these things that we do. And these are all good reports. They're, they're good reports for you, for your own edification. But the fact is, is there is no way to give attribution. There is no way for me to tell someone that mail hit up on a certain day and the next day that the person called that the mail is responsible for it because you have four other mediums and it's pay-per-click or it's your billboards or it's a referral or, you know, and I want to thank like, I always thank Lou and Tom for pointing this out to me, but we we're really working our way out of attribution and you know, anybody who wants to, anybody who's got a program in effect, who wants to do something, I want to, if you have a program in effect, I'd love to entertain doing a subsidy, like where, where I say, let's do 20,000 or 10,000 pieces of mail where, where we pick 20,000 homes, where you have a control, where your all your other mediums, your television, your radio, your your digital is all being performed, and let's find twenty thousand homes that are meet the criteria of your clientele that you haven't mailed to before, and let's take out of those twenty thousand, let's only mail to ten thousand of them. So we do like every other carrier out. We do carrier out one we skip carry out two, we do carry out three, we skip carry out four, we do carry out fives up until you get to 10. And it could be 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, whatever you want. But that way at the end of the six months with all things being equal, if we just compare the results of, let's say we call the carry routes that we mail to, we shade them in red and the carry routes that we mail, don't mail to, we shade them in blue. And I'll, if, like I said, for people who are already running programs, if, if anybody wants to participate in this, I'll help subsidize the mail for it. That way, after six months, we can easily just look back and it really doesn't matter who gets attribution for it, whether the direct mail made the the other mediums do better or the other mediums made the direct mail. Do but it'll be easy to show that after six months, if all things being equal, if the only difference between red and the only difference between blue is that red got, you spent $20,000 in direct mail and did $190,000 extra in revenue than blue, then we can show you that it, the, there's a, not an attribution, but there's a net lift. And I think that's where I'm looking to, because it's an uphill battle for us to try and teach people attribution and get away from instant gratification. But I think in the long run, the right play is that the only thing that, that you guys as consumers should be concerned about is whether adding a layer to your marketing makes a difference or taking away a layer makes a difference. I hope that's, I don't know if that sounds interesting to anybody or makes sense to anybody. And then I, one, one person who I'm really happy to see on here is James Quayle. And I lay this on Tom and Lou at, at some point, and maybe even Josh Kelly, because, you know, um, proud to have, have Josh aboard, but James is bored with the message that is put out on a monthly basis. 
And, you know, no matter how, and, and I love you, James, and this is why we're all here, but maybe you can express your frustration and get feedback from, from people and be able to see whether it's a message or whether it's just something that we have to do, you know, like that's, there's no other time. There's no other thing to offer at that time of year. Thank you, Drew. I see uh, Bill is interested in what you just described. And uh, when we get into the discussion portion, Drew, I'll make sure uh, that we give uh, James some time to, as you suggested there. Let me move on with the introductions here, Drew. Thanks for that that information. I'm going to introduce Tom next. As you can see here on the, on the screen, this is Tom Casey. Tom is what we call a third-generation SOB or son of a boss. He started and has sold multiple contracting businesses in multiple states. He's also the creator of the i5 sales system that's created millions and millions in revenue in multiple locations. Tom, I know you're traveling, so hopefully you're in a good spot right now. How are you this morning or this afternoon? I couldn't be better, my man. Uh, getting ready to jump on a plane back to the United States, but uh, all is good. All right. We're uh, excited to uh, get your input today in the discussion. I'm going to try to get there as quickly as possible uh, so that we can still get some moments with you. Also, back by popular demand is the extremely likable Lou Habaika. Uh, Lou, I'm gonna ask you to unmute here in just a second, but Lou is the president of Habaika Services. They're a multi-trade service provider in Phoenix, Arizona. They offer HVAC, plumbing, sewer, drain, electric, security, wine rooms, the list goes on. Uh, Lou really knows his stuff. If you've ever interacted with them, he knows stuff that makes people like you and me some money. And on top of that, he's one of the most likable guys you'll ever meet. Lou, how are you doing this morning, this afternoon? Hey, it is this afternoon here in Phoenix, Arizona. Lovely weather. Business is great. Glad to be here and glad to share what I can. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being here, man. And lastly, for the first time on the event today is Josh Kelly. He's a CEO of Clover Marketing. Josh helped his family grow their family business, Parker & Sons, from $7 million to over $100 million in 14 years. He helped seven-figure businesses get to eight, eight-figure businesses get to nine, and he owns Clover Consulting and runs that with his wife, Laura. Josh, welcome to the Mastermind, man. You ready to rock today? I am ready, yeah. And Parker and Sons, we'll do uh, just reference. We just crossed the trailing 12 months. So we're including January to January now. 200 million. And oh. you missed the, the most important point. So they asked me like, hey, give me a few bullet points on like what you want to say. I'm like, I don't like talking about myself. But the one I did put on there is I am funnier and better looking than Tom Casey. And they just left that out. Well, that's a given though, right? I mean, I thought uh, that was pretty much understood, right, Tom? That's why we're wearing a mask right. today. Yeah. <laughs> Cover that thing up, man. All right. Yeah, well, but, uh, this... Uh, this, everybody on this, on this place is funnier and better looking than me. So, you know. Well, <laughs> never, never. First up is what we call our new mailer review. We're going to take a look at some of the new artwork. Ashley Sanborn here on the team, who I think many of you know, but Ashley is going to go ahead and walk us through. Ashley, you just let me know when you want me to advance through here. And as she, do, as she does that, as we're going through that, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have ideas about the mailers that we're going to be looking at here on the screen, we want you to drop those into the chat or raise your Zoom hand, and we'll go ahead and call you on the air and uh, talk about those for a few moments. So Ashley... Why don't you go ahead and take it away? Just let me know when to move forward. Awesome. Uh, you can go to the first screen. Thanks, Dave. So yeah, getting started here, a couple designs we laid out here. This first one here, this don't rely on luck this summer to stay cool. Some of this may look familiar to you. We use this kind of refreshed version this year, but this was, you know, one that people were very excited about and got great, great response from. So we kind of 
refresh that for you. And then this also is another version, you know, if people aren't necessarily ready to, you know, maybe talk about summer, we have this nice spring version here, which kind of highlights the changing of the seasons on the front here. And on the next slide, Dave, if you don't mind advancing here, the 11 and a half by six versions here that some of you use for prospects, but uh, most people are using for their current customers. So there's those. And then we also have a few versions on this third, uh, fourth slide here coming up, where if you're focusing, you know, if you're strictly a plumber, or if you want to focus on driving calls or booking, uh, you know, your boards and some of those other areas versus just heating and cooling or your plumbing or electricity. We have some versions that are, you know, really pushing kind of one service as well as some options for you. So as Dave mentioned, we'd love to hear um, some feedback from you um, in the chat here. Or of course, if you want to follow up with your best postcards team directly, we'd love to hear any feedback you have on that. Ashley, is there any other tie down points on any of these? Dave, just to quickly reiterate, um, if you're looking at the back, you know, we do have some kind of standard coupons in there. We are, we are still playing around with that, you know, the 50 off any service, this early bird AC tune up, you know, maybe throwing around some ideas of ins instead of just putting the straight rebate, you know, your financing offers or, you know, some sort of free accessory, you know, duck, duck cleaning or, you know, something around that with a new install as well, rather than just a straight in, uh, rebate. So we have some other options and ideas for coupons as well that we'll be sharing with you. Cool. Awesome. Chris Wetmore. Go ahead, Chris. This might be more for the discussion portion, but one of the things that came up for a couple of people was uh, offers on IAQ. It seems like, I know it's bad timing as you have COVID and Andrew just getting over it, but the more I've been out and about, it feels like it's kind of on the tail end of things. So I just had a, curi you know, a curiosity. What are people doing? Do you, do you notice a change in how people, how your customers are reacting to IAQ? And some of the offers we've had kind of, you know, you put in that picture of a coronavirus, everybody reacted to it. Is it time to move past that or is that still a big thing? And you can save that for the discussion portion, but that was one of the things I had on ad copy that I wanted to ask, you know, people are in the field and people, you know, yeah. on the other side, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, I think that is a good question. If, if you can all think about that, let me hold that for just a second, because I do know Tom wants to answer some of these questions that we have here in discussion. So Chris, I'll make sure we leave time for that. All right. That's a, that's a very good question. I'm curious because Tom also had some feedback on that. Hopefully we can get to him while he's still here. Tom, looks like you're on the plane now. I can see you there. So hopefully we don't lose you here, but uh, we're going to move into the interactive portion of the discussion now. And this is where I want you to be, as I mentioned earlier, as selfish as possible. What I mean by that is I want you to ask narrow questions, Tom and Lou and Drew and the others that are here to understand what we're about to talk about here as in as much detail as, as necessary for you. We're going to start the conversation with a question around how are you thinking about the preseason and how are you thinking about pre-preseason? Tom, I'm going to bring you up first since you're on the plane there. And I know that the way you kind of look at this is that uh, we're going to need to create work out of thin air. Uh, for example, I know in Florida, it's going to turn spring in March-ish, right? It's not full spring, but it's warm enough that you can start to talk to clients now in the pre-preseason. So how do you think about this? How do you think about the preseason? And how are you thinking about the pre-preseason? I have two two companies, one in Connecticut, one in Florida. So I have to think about preseason and pre-preseason. Preseason, we actually, Chris, are in uh, February running an IAQ promo, and we're running right in the face of um, covid and we're playing on the idea of, are you sick and tired of hearing about it? And we use the Italian kind of hand gesture with the headline of forget about it. And it's sort of controversial, <laughs> funny, attention getting. And on the back, it talks about our way of dealing with it, a specific uh, whole house IAQ approach with a uh, discount 
for the, the preseason because we're not quite ready for, for preseason AC. In our own company, we're handling all of our clubs right now, booking those all out in Griffin. So we get all of our club members handled first. In Connecticut, we're in a pre-preseason. We're still running heating calls. We still have to have conversation. So we started to let our club members know it's time. And we're also looking at that one mailer where it's like uh, half snow, half sun. It's not too early. It's right around the corner and offer some pre-preseason equipment discounts for people who we know or might have had some some bad news on the AC last year. Now's the time to take advantage. So preseason, IEQ, booking out our clubs, getting ready to, you know, we're going to hit our market hard next month on tune-ups and refresherizes and stuff like that. Pre-preseason, getting early equipment, system discounts, things like that. That's what we're handling in the two different cooling dominant and heating dominant markets. Lou, what about you? I'm going to move to you next here. How do you think about preseason and pre-preseason in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so Phoenix, Arizona, we're going to start to heat up here pretty quick. So we look at March. So we're planning for our March preseason. And I mean, when we think about, you know, marketing whatever products or services we offer, we're a multi-trade company. Everybody has a what and all your competition has a what. So consumers, whether they're prospects or customers, they have a lot of options. And, you know, we're always sending out marketing, we're communicating with our customers or prospects because we want work, you know, we need the revenue. And I mean, the reality is, is we need to be our customer's choice when they need us, not when we need them. So that means touching them consistently on the what, but most importantly, the why. Why are we different than everybody else? Why would they want to use us? You know, being real likable people, trustworthy, honest promos, discounts, giving them a reason to use us and being in front of them enough, staying top of mind regularly enough with consistency and being consistent with your brand. So you are their choice when they need you. So we're rolling into our springtime. You know, HVAC is most important rolling in March, April, May, and we're going to get really hot here in Phoenix. Josh knows that. Lived here for many years and Parker and Sons. So, I mean, it's our season. So we roll into that. We just want to be the company of choice. And we do that by branding and consistency with our brand and then promos, discounts, some freebies, specials, being able to get in the door of all the services, but especially this time of year, moving in for the air conditioning portion. Josh, I'm going to go to you next, but folks here in the room, if you have questions for Tom on anything that he said or for Lou around how they're viewing it, or if you see things differently, that's the kind of discussion we want. Drop that in the chat or raise your hand here in Zoom and I'll bring you on here in just a moment. So Josh, I'm going to go to you next here. I'm curious from your vantage at Clover, what offers do you recommend in preseason and pre-preseason, depending on a cooling or heating climates? If you can just kind of give us some context from your point of view, what do you see resonating? What do you see working? So let me let me answer this a little differently, right? Because we can talk about offers, and I'll I'll, I'll briefly talk about offers. But I think I think it's not less like preseason. It's less about the offers you make because it's just difficult. Like here in Phoenix, perfect example, right? No matter how good my offer is, there's just not a lot of people in the market at the time, right? So I have mm-hmm. to shift the way that I speak to potential customers or customers, right? So like just generalized offers, yeah, we're going to go into IAQ. We're going to go into, you know, buy a filter or you could buy a filter or you could be a filter. If it's still cold, we're going, it's hard to talk about heating when it's still cold outside. Then we're going to do like a, 
candy's cheaper, cheaper after Halloween, right? This is the end of season or an overstock or whatever gimmick we want to get that we build a really good story around to get people to, to sway with us. But the truth is, no matter how amazing my offer is, in March, I'm not going to get a lot of new customers. I'm going to get more than most, but I can't drive a ton of customers. It's just not, it's not realistic. It doesn't mean I don't have goals, though. It doesn't mean we don't get revenue. It just means I have to shift to really focusing on hitting my customer base more as opposed to trying to generate new customers. So I'm really going to lean into my email campaigns, my text matches campaigns, my ringless voicemail, my, you know, my telemarketing arm, right? My sales recovery, all the stuff that we already have people that know, like, and trust us. I need to lean into those people and I and pick when they use me. Whereas a demand call, I'm relying on an issue to happen. There are, when you're hitting your own customer base, you can create demand. So that's what we focus on a lot. So it's changed a shift where I'm really trying to drive the business. And then I hyper-focus if I'm going to go after my customer base, I can't go with install offers and be all that effective. Like I need to focus on upsells, accessories, cross-selling, turning one customer into two. And there's all kinds of systems of doing that. And uh, the only other thing I would say is like preseason, so many people forget this, but you know, if you want to hit your goals in summertime, you, you got to have the calls, you got to have the people too. So this is when we make a hard press for recruiting too. Like Parker and Sons, this, I mean, this year we'll have to, just because of attrition and growth. And we have attrition way lower than, you know, the industry average, but, you know, we'll lose, you know, 5% of our technicians over a year. You know, uh, we have to hire 150 technicians. Yeah. Like you don't wait until June to do that. Right. So very interesting. No, no, that makes sense. No, that's good. Folks, I want to know if you have questions for Josh or Tom or Lou on their response. And I'm about to ask all of you here in the room a question, and I want you to be engaged here. You know, as we thought about this question and how to how to kind of tease it out here, normally our southern contractors right now are are entering preseason as early as as March, and northern folks are in the pre preseason. But curious what the extreme weather that we've had over the past uh, little while, what's that done to all of you? Has it put a, a monkey wrench in anybody's plans? Do I have any uh, volunteers either here in chat or here in, in Zoom, if you can raise your hand? Anybody have any feedback on that? Is, has the weather, the extreme weather, you know, these bomb cyclones or whatever all this stuff is out here in Southern California where I'm at, the extreme weather means we drop into the 50s. So you can, uh, you can pity me out here. But uh, anybody have any feedback on that? Love to hear uh, any perspectives, Tom, as the others are getting ready, and I know we're about to lose you soon, Tom Casey, you have any, any insight on that? Has that done anything to you? Yeah, it's, it's required us to have a little bit different discussion, kind of like exactly what Josh was saying. How are we going to talk to our customers? Because no one is certainly going to be looking for anything AC related. It's still snow on the ground and frigid record cold temperatures. So we're, we're continuing to push that we're available for heating service. And we're still pushing a lot of heating through direct mail and email and everything else. But with our customer base, we can start to tease out exactly what Josh said. We, we ran a campaign that was basically, when's the best time to buy Christmas decorations? January 2nd. And so now we can run another one, you know, as, as the season goes on, when's the best time to do it? And to our own customer base to stimulate them that, listen, it's net, we're giving you the first crack at this. It's time for you to step up. And, and understanding that nobody wants to buy a new AC. That, that's part of the, uh, the psyche too is, I think Josh hit it, Lou hit it. 
March, no one's thinking AC in Phoenix or Florida or anyplace else until it's a hot day. Then they're thinking about it. So how do we stimulate that with a question or a headline or an offer? Or I guess for me, it's the stacking of all the things together. The mail that we send out, the, the, the newsletters we send out, then all the individual levers we pull to to, stim, to get people thinking, because seldom do the, does the public do what's in their best interest, right? right. We, we should all be better. We should all do a lot of things differently than we do, but we don't until there's an key to having a great customer base is how do I stimulate their thinking because of that trust to give me a chance to tell my story, have a conversation, get them ahead of the line. And for us, and especially in Connecticut right now, is so that we can get them all taken care of so that when it turns into silly season, we can go get more customers and already handled our customers. We've already taken care of them. They were there first. And now we can go after more aggressively after new customers. I see Bill here saying, uh, Bill, for you and your crew, it's just a normal winter here so far. Uh, that's interesting. So, so nobody here on the call then really has been influenced by any of the extreme weather. Let me know in the chat. I'm going to give you another second or raise your hand if anybody has anything to say on that. But that's interesting and that's very helpful feedback. Looks like everybody's okay. That's good. Uh, let's see. Lori says, we had a snowstorm here in central Illinois, which shut us down for two days. With all the snowfall, we're looking at lots of sump pumps and flood prevention. Okay. That's good. Anybody else? I'll go ahead and read that if you're still typing it in. Yeah, uh, no, I saw Chris. Chris Z, I saw you waving your 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 hand. You want to unmute yourself if you want, if yeah. you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, well, we're exterior contractors. We're up in Salem, Massachusetts. So we had a two-foot two, two foot snowstorm, you know, a week and a half ago. So it affects us in all, all directions. But, you know, like a lot of these guys have been saying, you know, we, we lean heavily on our database this time of the year anyways. So it's it's something that we are used to, unfortunately. And uh, like like today, we discussed what's our plan to make up ground. So we have occasionally we'll have a year like this where we have a lot of snow and cold and it affects our installations and sales. But, you know, it, the work's going to get done within this year. So we just got a plan to to execute more business in a shorter period of time, which we're preparing to do. So yes, it does affect yep. us. So. Makes sense. Yeah. And I see Lou bragging there about beautiful weather in, in Phoenix. Same here as in uh, Southern California as you, Lou. We're, we're looking pretty over here. Uh, let's see, uh, Eva says, we had two days also last week in Columbus and Dayton, Ohio. It made servicing the number of calls on those days, but the team pitched in to add uh, in weekends to catch up. So I guess it made it difficult to service those calls is what you mean there, but the team pitched in to get it done. Go ahead, John. Yeah, so we are uh, HVAC service, plumbing service in Connecticut as well, and recently into the best postcard program. But what we saw with the, the cold snaps over the last few weeks is just records amount of calls coming in. And it really wasn't that we couldn't service it. We found that a lot of other contractors were not fulfilling their duties of kind of getting back to their customers. They didn't have the capacity, whether for COVID or what it was. So we found that you know, we're picking up the phone because we have the capacity and everybody was saying, oh, my guy won't pick up, my guy won't pick up, my guy won't pick up, whether it's staffing issues or whatever it is. So uh, we found a heavier presence uh, during the cold snap because a lot of people just were let down by their current provider. Interesting. Well, that's, that's interesting to know, John. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Tom a word here since he's about to uh, fly there in his private jet. Tom, thanks for being here with us today. You want to say a final uh, goodbye to everybody? Yeah, one thing I would say, and I think it's going to segue to maybe another topic, is 
everyone's sleeping like John just said on their own customer base. It's the time to get their customers. But with the weather, one thing I've seen is some people are sleeping on the supply chain because they're into one mode, heating mode. They're not thinking about the next season. Therefore, if you're the early bird and you start striking, you can lock up the equipment deals, the flex deals, the refrigerant deals. So it is not too early to start thinking about supply chain for spring and making your deals now and negotiating terms to pay for them later. That way, what we're seeing in Florida specifically is we got our stuff in the barn, which means we're the guys selling the water heaters, the IEQ products, the duck jobs, the systems, because everyone else is scrambling. And so if, if you're... Have that communication to your customer base as well. And then once you take care of them, you'll have it for the prospects. But think supply chain issues in the same time, too. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. And that's a good segue into our next question here. Fly safely, Tom. See you soon here in the States. This next topic, which Tom just teased up here for, for us, is something that uh, we see impacting nearly all industries. And we touched it in, um, let's see, our December mastermind. But if anything, it seems like it might be getting a little worse. And so we want to kind of get some input from all of you. Since we're in pre-season, uh, pre-pre-season, the question is, how do the supply chain issues impact your ov- overall strategy? How are you thinking about supply chain right now? And how is that influencing your marketing? So I'm going to go uh, first to you, Lou, and then to you, Josh, just to get some insight here. What we hear is it's still rather rampant everywhere. And so I want to know either in the chat or go ahead and raise your hand in Zoom. Uh, We want to know kind of how that's impacting you. And then we've got a specific question for you around how we might be able to help on the marketing side. So Lou, Habaika, I'm going to start with you. How's this this looking? Yeah, supply chain is a serious issue and it's not going away. It's just going to get worse in 2022. Um, We're already experiencing major supply issues, equipment, flex duct, for instance. There is no flex duct in Phoenix, Arizona. It's like, if you don't have it, you're not going to get the job. So we have beefed up our inventory 500% from where we would typically keep inventory levels at because we used to be able to get same day, next day, you know, whatever we needed, not a problem. And we win jobs all the time because we're the guys that have it. So you just got to be smart. You got to get what you can and uh, have what you need and what you're going to need in the future stock up. Yeah. It's hard to get equipment, especially if you're talking, you know, the high-end inverter type stuff, the chip problem. It can take uh, two, three, four months to be able to get equipment. So just get it on hand. Have your flex duct in stock. And the other installation supplies, plumbing, electrical, get it in stock what you typically use because your competitor probably won't have it and you're the guy that will have it. So you'll get the job. Where did you say 500%? Is that what I heard you say? 500%. Wow. 500%. Let me see if I can get Tom, Josh, before he leaves. Tom, I'm curious if someone here on the call is hearing that 500% saying, gee, I got to come up with a bunch of cash. What's your advice on how to think about doing what Lou just described here? How would you go about acquiring this inventory? I would, uh, which we did, we negotiated terms, 30, 16, 91, 20, placed a very large factory order with a couple of different suppliers and just told them we'll pay over time. We also negotiated a discount off of that as well. So we have a discount and terms and we can sell at the increased, uh, the, the new price to increase the margin. The rationale was we're going to have all the space for inventory. So that's why. All right. I, I see them. I see them giving Tom a difficult time there. Tom, I see your note by Tom. He says, uh, negotiate your deals now. Thank you, Tom. Negotiate your deals now before more price increases and then sell based on the new higher pricing to increase your gross profit dollars 
Uh, be a hoarder if possible on common stuff. A good question here from Chris back to you, Lou, and then Josh, I'm going to bring you on. Lou, are you promoting the fact that you have equipment in stock? Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, it's a little difficult. I mean, uh, with our customer base, we do. But if you're looking for picking up additional business, you know, your customer or prospect isn't going to know that there's a supply chain stock issue until their guy can't do it. So at that yeah. point, you just got to be the guy that's in front of them or you have to have touched them enough to be you know, familiar enough with them to be able to have that opportunity. Josh, what about you? What are you seeing? And uh, any advice or insight for the group on this question of supply chain? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's not only, you know, we own, I guess it was known by the wrench group, but, you know, the, we have Parker and Sons, but we really ran off a JIT system. So just in time, we didn't really carry inventory. It was non-existent. Um, yep. Now we do. Now, I mean, we bought like, I want to say we bought like 30 pallets worth of Freon. We bought over a million dollars worth of Flex like just over the top ridiculous and the thought process is if you know if we don't use it we could just sell it <laughs> you know, like yeah they say there's no flex in phoenix and, and it's right and it's because people like us and like lou bought it all if you're a truck in a truck and you're working on your house it's pretty hard to get flex right now it just is you have to buy it from parker and sons for a pretty big markup and i know that's kind of bullying people but we can do it so we do it in general like there's a lot of ways to set this up. I'm not a fan of carrying inventory. Right now you have to, it is what it is. And in general, I'm really normally a big fan of having one to two vendors and having really strong relationship with them and having them run through all of them. And we're still kind of doing that. But our shift is like, we don't sell like equipment specifically. We don't sell what we want to sell. We sell what we can buy. You know what I mean? Like there was a time, you know, we sell mainly ICP day and night, and then we're in a bunch of Costco's. We sell Lennox as well. And this is not just here in Phoenix with Parker and Sons, but, you know, I help Tom Casey, right? And I help him with operations and marketing, right? I help companies across the United States grow their businesses. And like people that were, hey, I love carrier. I'm a carrier dealer. It's like not anymore. Now you love mm. whoever has supply that morning. So I reach out every morning. I get an active inventory, what it is, and I have them reserve it for me. And I sell whatever I could get my hands on. Things that I would never sell before, like, you know, Bosch equipment. I even know Bosch made equipment. You know what I mean? They made hand drills. Uh, I was unaware until like a year and a half ago. Now we sell Bosch. Not, not like constantly, but that's what we get our hands on. That's what we sell. So we're doing that kind of across the board. Another big thing is vehicles, right? A lot of people aren't talking about it. It's so hard to get vehicles right now. Like we have to ha add a hundred trucks, like more, I forget what the exact order is, but I think we're looking for a hundred trucks. We placed a hundred truck order with like five different vendors. Whoever brings it in, wow. brings it in. Wow. And like, you don't have to buy a hundred, obviously, but buy from five people. Don't put a deposit on it. If it comes in, trust me, they're not going to be upset with you. If you say, Hey, sell it to someone else, they're going to end up getting more money. They're going to be perfectly fine with it. You're not going to get stuck with it, but don't. The thought process, if we put a hundred with five different orders, right? This guy will bring in 10, this guy will bring in 20, this guy will be 30. No one's delivering me a hundred trucks right now. It's just not happening. And I still need to get to a hundred trucks. So I'm just starting to order stuff from a bunch of people. And I would never do that. Uh, as we were preparing for the meeting, we have a question for all of you based on this topic that I'd love to hear your input on. And then Hannah, I see your, your, your comment there, but this is a question for the group here. Mentioning supply chain issues in the direct mail, in, in the print, it's kind of like Chris's question here a second ago. 
isn't something that we've really done. And so we're curious, would it be useful or helpful to have a supply chain piece? When we were meeting about this earlier, the team was saying, you know, if this is something that would be useful to all of you, let us know here in the chat or in Zoom. And the team would be able to perhaps whip something up for March or April if that would be useful to you. So I'd love for a couple of you to either drop that in the chat or uh, to raise your hand. Lou, since you kind of had some feedback on that, I'm going to go ahead and ask you that question. If there was a piece that had that kind of angle to it, do you think it would be useful? Or like you said, the customer doesn't really care or know, I guess. So it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I definitely think it makes a difference. And like I said, we got to be there when they have this issue and they can't get their normal guy to get it done. So we have done that on social media and been successful there. I have not sent a mail piece out identifying that. But yeah, I think it would be beneficial. Okay. And I know, um, Ashley, it sounds like you have an example. Uh, maybe we can send that out after the event. Is this something that we've done, Ashley Sanborn? I have had, um, yes, one client do it. And Dave, I'm not sure if, if since I'm a co-host, if you want me to share my screen, I do have it kind of handy right here if you yeah, want Yeah, if you do have it on your screen, yeah, go ahead. Let's bring it up. And while you're doing that, let me read Hannah's note here. Hannah says, from a marketing standpoint, we've made an infographic to share on social media to bring more awareness on the price increases of specific things like PVC, copper, tankless water heaters, fuel, et cetera. So that's, that's good info to know. So yeah, tell us what we're seeing here, Ash. Yeah, so this is one a client of ours has run. Pretty straightforward, of course, as you know, I, I think, depend, you know, I think the one thing to highlight here is you want to be mindful of you know, what your competitors in your market are doing. So in this area in particular, you know, saying that you're installing it within a week is fantastic. You know, maybe in some markets lose market or, you know, I know Tom offers same day, next day. So, you know, obviously you want to be mindful of what the competitors are putting out there. So if you are going to do this, you're not shooting yourself in the foot where they get maybe see something from your competitor where they can do it in, in less than a week. So that would be my, my comment on this one in particular. Chris uh, Wetmore, go ahead. Like, I could just tell you from the homeowner side, like, I know, you, you know, I was on the advertising side. You guys are always looking from, you know, from the contractor side. As a homeowner, I could tell you how important it is because it's getting harder and harder to get things done in my house. And something like that would move. Like, I ordered a front door, you know, a new front door six months ago, still waiting on it. There's nothing that fancy, you know, to, and, and it goes across the board on everything that we do. It just seems like it's taking longer and longer. And, you know, these days, I feel like people have money and you know, one of the biggest issues is finding a way to spend it and finding people that have spent it, people of equipment or service or siding or whatever it is that you're selling to be able to do it. So I think it's a, a pretty big, going to be an important one going into this year. Can I ask a, que a question for you, Chris, real quick? Yeah. Because I think yeah. it's relative because I'm justifying in my head and like I'm a marketing and operations guy, right? The flaw I have with this concept is like they don't realize the supply issue problem until they've already started to do business with somebody, right? Like, so you for specifically, like you had no idea there was a door shortage until you went to a company and ordered a door and you were already locked in. Yep. Have you switched and looked at other door companies knowing that takes six months? Yeah, I've, I've tried calling, I've, I've tried calling around, finding two other people and same problem. We, you know, we ordered a dresser, for example, my, my daughter, we got a new bedroom set. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan, I don't know if you guys know Jordan's Furniture, bought it from there and said, okay, it'll be in in six weeks. Then it was eight weeks. Then it was four months. And we finally got the call. So let's see, her birthday is in May. We finally got the email saying, hey, it's open. It's ready. 
And in the meantime, we've shopped around to three other places, but we can't find any, a, you know, she's, she's particular on a pain in the butt. But number two is we didn't find, you know, they're having the same issues unless you pick up, hey, this one's in stock. We have this right now. And I said, hey, honey, take this one. But she didn't want it. But regardless, you know, we still had to go shop around after that, after the fact we have looked and it's the same problem everywhere, you know? Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have any feedback on that? Love to hear that if anyone else has feedback on that. And Chris, I'm going to give some airtime to the question that you raised earlier. So let me know if I mangle this and go ahead and restate it. But I think what you were saying is in the past few months, it feels like people are ready to put COVID <clears throat> kind of in the rearview mirror. And so has anybody here in the group noticed a change in their IAQ sales? Do you notice a difference in how people are reacting to these sales pitches? First of all, you know, do you see people wanting to put this in the rearview mirror? I think the answer is yes, but what, what are you seeing? And uh, what are some of the strategies out there for getting in the home to sell IAQ? So just love to hear some, some feedback on that. And Chris, if I mangled that question, please let me know and restate that. But is that kind of the gist of what you were looking to get info on? Yeah, close enough, buddy. Okay. Good. What, what perspective do you all have here in the group on that? Uh, let me go to you first, Lou, just get some additional thoughts from you on this. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, so we're staying away from the whole COVID concept. Uh, we don't communicate it. It's got so much baggage, uh, a lot of negative baggage, brings a lot, of mm -hmm. a lot of negative emotions. So we don't even go down that route. We keep our, our branding consistent, a simple message, an opportunity to get in the home and then, you know, create the experience that, you know, we can show our customers or, you know, prospects and be able to offer them products and services. But you no, know, nothing COVID related. There's just, you know, people don't know what to believe. There's so much inconsistency and yep. uh, they're all confused. So it's a lot of negative emotion, bad baggage. Josh, what's your view on this? Let's talk about using COVID in, in, in our marketing. How do you view that? So I'm on the same page as Lou. Like I don't really like using COVID and forward-facing customer-facing marketing. However, I do lean into COVID in the house, right? It's a great upselling tool. And right now you're hundred percent right. It's starting to phase out, especially where, depending where you're at here in Phoenix, like people have been wearing a mask for a year. You know what I mean? It's start, people aren't really paying much attention to it, but everyone still feels that pain from when it first happened. So we're kind of transitioning into like, not that this protects against COVID. Like, listen, this stuff happens. If you have an air scrubber at your house, it doesn't happen to you. Like, not only are you going to be prevented from this, going to be an issue again, but prevents from other sicknesses. It lowers the amount of dust, literally cleans the house while you sleep. How amazing is that? You know, it, and then we go into the whole, you can either buy a filter, be a filter. And we really push that. But I think COVID still plays, but it can't be like, you're not going to get COVID on this. It has to be like, listen, like, you don't have to worry about it again. It's not fixing yep. like now, it's you're fixing that future, the future pacing. Uh, Ashley, I know this was, is this the piece that Tom mentioned where they did uh, talk about COVID? Can you, can you just tell us what we're seeing here on the screen? Yes, it is. So Tom is running um, this and another piece I'll show up. He's actually running um, a test with with both of the creatives to see, to see kind of how the, how the results vary there. But again, I think similar to, to what Josh mentioned, you know, really not specifically calling out COVID while well, the other one I think does, but you know, really the results you can get or how that affects your home and your family by, by putting in these air, air purifiers and whatnot. So here's one version that he is running. And then, yeah, this is the other one. That's a little more in your face. So um, he is running this for both uh, 
customers and prospects. So I'm sure, you know, we'll have some results to share with you in the near future. Very good. That's helpful. Bill says we've had uh, most luck selling IAQ during maintenance and installations. Okay. Makes sense. So with that, Josh, I want to give you an opportunity to say uh, some closing words, everybody. Josh, go ahead. I've, uh, closing words are from me, apparently. All right. Uh, um, you're first up. I'm going to give a couple people. Go ahead. <laughs> no, what I would say is, you know, in our industry in general, like people seem to put their, take their foot off the gas in the slow season. They kind of accept, you know, things aren't working as well. And, and you just can't do that and be successful and really play at a high level. Like the, the difference between great contractors and decent contractors is come February or March, we go get the business. We drive anyway, and we have to figure it out. We're pulling levers every day. When the, when the board's full, empty tomorrow, we don't sit and wait for the phone calls to come in. So just keep that in mind. Always be pulling levers. Always reach out to your customer base. This is the time we have to drive. Here in Phoenix especially, like pretty much anyone can make money in the summertime. It's it's the real contractors that make, make money every single month. So yep. keep your foot on the gas. Keep your foot on the gas. That's the word from Josh. What about you, Lou? What's your, what are your thoughts for everybody before we close? Yeah, just focus on your brand, you know, determine who you are and be consistent with your brand and communicate your why, because everybody has the same what's that you have to offer. So communicate your why consistently, hmm. keep your message really simple, right? Just get in the home. Then you can do your thing and, you know, confuse your prospect or your customer, which will happen. Just keep your message simple, get in the home. Awesome. Thank you all for attending today. Thank you for your uh, participation. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Please uh, give us those feedback here in the survey that's going to be coming to you in email. We want to improve this. Thank you, Bill. It was good seeing you here. Uh, Julie, thank you. I hope today was helpful to you. And uh, for the rest of you, have a wonderful rest of the day. Stay healthy, everyone. And we'll be in touch very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know, we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now, and I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it, and my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave. It's, you know, whatever your name is. And it will add you to my phone. And then it's going to shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm going to be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, only things that you can get through this texting platform. And also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community. You know, we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work, things that as a software company, you know, we just don't do. But I think many of you probably want to know about those things. And we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, you can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you 
to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.